Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning to all of our listeners. This is Monsignor Schumacher, and I'm coming to you from my office of the Church of Corpus Christi in Bismarck. This is kind of this is kind of my Fourth of July show. Uh, Michael Kidrowski uh, by my side here, uh, g- getting me on. We we I, we do Fourth of July shows <laughs> on or about uh, around yeah. the Fourth of July. Yes, indeed. We've uh, this is three years in a row now. We had the Fourth of July show. It is July second. It is um, first Friday as well. Uh, let, let's all remember first of all, and I, I say this whenever I do my Fourth of July show. Uh, July 4th, 1776 was 245 years ago. Let's all remember that July 4th was the beginning of a war, all right? It was the beginning of a seven-year war. And what we celebrate on July 4th is the act of the Second Continental Congress, uh, which was actually passed on July 2nd, today, Michael, actually. Mm -hmm. It was John Adams who said... The 2nd of July shall stand as a forever national holiday. Well, it it wasn't uh, adopted until July 4th. He thought it would be July 2nd. John Adams goes on to say, on July 2nd, this holiday will be celebrated everywhere in every town. There shall be families gathered, parades, a myriad of festivities to commemorate this day of independence, July 2nd. It was adopted then on July 4th. But uh, it's kind of cool that uh, this is July 2nd, Michael. Yes, indeed. And here, here we are. Um, and let's, um, we're going to talk about the 4th of July as we go. We're going to talk about patriotism. And I think uh, one, of the, one of the greatest manifestations of patriotism, Michael, um, are, are those who serve our country. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's why we're still free and that's why we're still here. Yeah, praise be to God for them. And for the most part, I can still say what I want to say. On the air, uh-huh. right? <laughs> yes. Uh, and my my first guest is um, the, the heart of this uh, the, the interview. Uh, Nathan Sather. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Monsignor. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. You're you're in the uh, Air National Guard in Fargo, right? I am. Uh, let's talk about you first. You're a, a Catholic husband and a father. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the challenges and some of the blessings that face a Catholic in the military. And uh, we're going to talk about what 4th of July means to you. And we just visited briefly, Nathan, before I went on the air that we had previously met. And, and I, I, I appreciate those uh, sentiments and that, that memory you, you uh, forwarded to me. Uh, we have met in the past. But first, for those who do not know you, um, and, and I think you've done some work with RPR before, right? Uh, yeah, I've been um, a guest host on and off, I think, going back to like 2011 or 12, something like that. I've never been a, a regular routine guest, but, you know, when they're really desperate and they need to find someone because someone was sick, they go down to the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> or, or if it's they, a, a holiday, for yeah, example. Yeah, Steve, nobody's <laughs> Steve just reached in that barrel and grabbed the first thing that came out and my, my head came out of the barrel. So it's, it's hey, been a huge blessing hey. to be a part of Real Presence Radio for as long as I've been able to. 
Airtime is airtime. Tell us about yourself. Well, I'm, I'm a North Dakota boy. I was uh, born and raised in Jamestown. Um, you can't control where you're from, so you know no one should be too begrudging me for being from Jamestown. Um, but uh, my mom was very Catholic growing up, and um, so I was very inundated with Catholic things growing up. Um, growing up, I, I w- routinely was a part of going to church and those kinds of things with mom, but growing up, I was very confused. I wasn't catechized very well. And so I kind of left the church and got married very young. I was 20 and my wife was 18. And um, pretty soon we had a child and it was like, oh, what, what do I believe? I was living in D.C. at the time and it was very uh, confusing in the sense that, you know, there are a lot of people who weren't Norwegian, German, uh, Lutheran, or Catholics. So I had to ask, ask myself a lot of questions. And then when it came to my first child, you know, what, what do I want to teach this particular person? And uh, you know, my wife and I were not practicing any faith really at that time. And long story short, it's now 2021, and we've got 10 kids, and we just live this wonderful little life in Fargo where we go to work, we try to work hard and love Jesus and share that with other people. And uh, my wife is definitely my, uh, my drill sergeant at home. Uh, she manages so much and just makes everything that we are able to do in our life uh, very easy. Um, life is, is very good, and I'm very thankful to Jesus for that. Nathan Sather is my first guest on this 4th of July show. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio, and we uh, support um, uh, all of our military, and we're, we're talking uh, with Nathan Sather, who is involved in the military. Uh, tell us about your involvement in, in the military, Nathan. Yeah, so I was uh, really young, um, my oldest brother is 13 years older than me. My next oldest brother is 10 years older than me. Uh, Stacy joined uh, the, Na- or the Marine Corps when I was five years old. Um, Brian joined the Navy years later. Um, but I really looked up to my big older brothers and wanted to be like them. I remember watching G.I. Joe uh, as a young kid, and Sergeant Slaughter was on the cartoons. And um, I'm young enough to remember the old American Wrestling Alliance out of Minneapolis coming to Jamestown to the Civic Center, and one of the wrestlers that was there was Sergeant Slaughter. So I actually remember like seeing Sergeant Slaughter wrestle in the Jamestown Civic Center. That's how old I am. And uh, I really kind of always had this, this thought of, you know, being looking up to my brothers and, and the military and as, as, a, as a general kind of thing. Um, but but another another part of that too is is just the upbringing that I had. I didn't have a lot of people in, in the military in my family other than my brothers. Um, but my father was a farmer out in eastern Montana and very hardworking, knows the grindstone. You love your state, you love your country, uh, you do the right thing, you treat people well. Um, you know, you live by godly Ten Commandments style principles, and that's that's the best way to live. And so that was kind of what got me in the idea of, you know, maybe the military is something for me. And so it was October of 98 that I first enlisted in the Army National Guard. I did that for a year and a half and then went active duty Army for four years, which included a tour in Korea. And I also spent a little time in the uh, sandbox uh, in Iraq for the, um, you know, first uh, Iraqi freedom portion uh, and then got out completely, never wanted to do anything with the military again, and God definitely laughs at you when you say things like that, because in 2008 I joined the Air Guard, and I've been out here in the Fargo Air Guard since then, Monsignor. Fantastic. I, um, 
was very honored to do some work in in the navy as a as a navy chaplain uh, when I was in in studies in Europe, and I know that um, uh, there are there are particular challenges that that our military men and women face, uh, and particularly uh, uh, Catholics uh, challenges that Catholics in the military face. Uh, w- one of them that, that I realized, and we, we were uh, in La, La Madalena, Sardinia, was, was isolation. Um, it comes to my mind. With your experiences, Nathan, what are, what, what are some of the challenges you faced as a Catholic in the military or, or you've witnessed others facing? Yeah, well, there, there are plenty, there's no doubt, and I don't want to paint a bleak picture at the same time. Uh, but most people that are inspired in some way to join the military aren't aren't normal active faith participants um the the idea of the uh the naval sailor going into port or the army guy on the ground uh what they might do for fun in their free time or their port time is not an exaggeration those things are very very true and so one of the challenges that i've always struggled with um after coming to faith in the military is you want something more for yourself and for the people that you serve with than at times they want for themselves. And so while you sometimes seem like the prude or the you're better than me kind of guy, oh, you, don't, you can't come and drink with us and do debauchery with us, you think you're better than us, and trying to help people to see that like, it's, it's not about I'm trying to change you or judge you, it's I don't think these things are good for you, I don't think these things are good for me. And of course, your average you know, 23-year-old person uh, who's on active duty army doesn't understand that. He, he doesn't have the maturity to see the world the same way that you do. And so when you do try to you know, help people to want something better for themselves, it, it doesn't come across very well usually. Um, I had a wonderful Southern Baptist chaplain in my military service who kind of told me one time, once you get labeled the Jesus guy, you don't have to Jesus people. <laughs> they already know you're the Jesus guy. You don't have to talk about how they swear. You don't have to talk about all these other things. But what you can do is you can bring them Jesus through your actions and how you try to treat people. And so that kind of changed my, my frame of thinking a little bit. Maybe not as much as he would have liked because I still want to be somebody that you know, is willing to stand up for what's right when, when needs be. If you know something gets brought up and oh you know hey you should leave your wife or you should do this, um, I, I want to be the person that's like well maybe there's another way maybe there's an alternative way I'm just more strategic about trying to do that one on one in private situations is necessarily part of the group because the group already knows that I'm the Jesus guy and that's just on a practical level of course on the sacramental level we do have a great shortage of uh, military uh, uh, Catholic chaplains. And, and I'm just being honest, Monsignor, the ones that we do get aren't usually the best pastors. Uh, it's usually the folks that the bishop gives up are, are not his best people because he needs his best people to run his diocese and whatever else. So we have a lot of even Catholic chaplains in the military who struggle to speak really good English with people and connect with people you know, in their first language. And so you know, if, if there are people that are listening and you're thinking about a priestly vocation, I do try to encourage people when they're you know, going to seminary, if I get a chance to talk to them, just consider becoming a, a Catholic chaplain because when you're 
in Iraq, when you're whatever, for months at a time, you not only have the isolation you're talking about, but you often have the isolation from the sacraments, and those are the times when you really could benefit from receiving the sacraments the most. So to have seminarians really consider military ministry is a very, very valuable thing, and I think you can tell from the way the culture is going, we could use some really, really faithful Christians in, in military chaplaincy. Nathan Sather is my first guest. This is my 4th of July show on this July 2nd of 2021. My name is Monsignor Schumacher, and I'm happy to host uh, for a couple hours here. We're, we're, we're beginning with um, Nathan uh, to, to visit with him about uh, his, his life, uh, not just as a Catholic husband and father, but, but as a member of the military. And we're thinking of patriotism uh, today and, and, and this weekend all over, which is pride in our country, uh, uh, desire to preserve a character of a country. And we, we identify uh, w- with the United States of America in a particular way on this 4th of July. Patriotism also implies that we, we put uh, the interests of, of our nation above our own personal interests. And just before we go on to break here, Nathan, really quickly, it, it, you have seen that in in I see that in you uh, a desire to put the interests of our nation above your own, um, but th- th- this is probably the common theme. Despite what you have in in difference, this is pro- probably a very common thread, right? In the military people with whom you serve, a true desire to put the interests of our nation above their own by the fact that they're serving. Uh, well, I definitely think that's true. I will say in, in 2021, people do join the military for different reason, uh, or different reasons, I should say. But once you're there, and you know, I, I can just tell you, when we went to Iraq, we had a bunch of guys that weren't exactly the most squared away people, and we'd always get on their case about not having the uniform ready or whatnot. We get into the, um, the sandbox in Iraq, and long story short, we're supposed to put these reflectors on our, our equipment to make sure that the airplanes ahead can see them. And one of the guys completely lost his. You know, without even thinking, you rip yours in half and you shove his on his helmet and you don't think about it and you just move on. So there's this, this, when we're in a bad spot together, we do need to rely on each other in a way that causes you to think about that other person in a way that you just don't in normal circumstances. We're going to take a short break here on the Real Presence Radio Network throughout the Upper Midwest. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. Nathan, if you can hang on past this break, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll visit with you a little more about your life, your life in the military. And we're also going to talk about what the 4th of July means uh, to you. So we'll be back in just one moment. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Taking what you experience on Sunday in church and applying it on Monday at work can be a challenge. This year's Faith and Business Conference will help you learn how to take faith principles and integrate them into the workplace. This year's featured speaker is Super Bowl champion and former Minnesota Viking, Matt Burke. Join us on Thursday, August 19th at the Convention Center in Sioux Falls. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to faithinbusinessconference.com. Do you know that your prayers today can still aid in the salvation of someone who died years ago? I'm Father Chris Alar. God is outside of time. And since he is all-knowing and all-powerful, he knows every prayer you will ever make and has the power to apply those graces to any point in time, past, present, or future. 
So if you have lost anyone, especially to suicide, and think that they are eternally lost, you can still help them. God can take your prayers from today and give someone grace at the time of their judgment because he forever knew that you would make that prayer and he wants you to help them accept his offer of salvation. So there is still hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision provides eye exams for the whole family and specialty services like vision therapy and custom contact lenses. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Moto Eyewear, which gives away a pair of glasses to a child in need for every frame sold. We are so grateful for your support and grateful to be supporting RPR. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. You know, what's really inspirational is the speech of John Adams. We, we know uh, that history credits Thomas Jefferson with the writing uh, of the Declaration of Independence for our country, but it was really the voice of John Adams. That, that echoed in the, the ears of those who would sign, 56, remember, signed uh, the Declaration of Independence. And he, he gave a, a very uh, heartfelt two-hour plea, John Adams, uh, on July 1st of 1776. Uh, some call it the most influential speech in American history. It was a, it was a two-hour plea, first of all, to, to commit treason. Uh, and to draft this declaration, he said, and uh, to sign, they were willing to to sign their death warrant should they should they lose the war, uh, the seven year war that that followed. But he said in part it, during that speech, all that I have, all that I am, and all that I hope in this life, I am now ready here to stake upon it, and I leave off as I began that live or die, survive or perish, I am for. The Declaration. We have to remember those who have gone before us uh, to to uh, really remember the gift that we have uh, on this Fourth of July coming up as as Americans. And we always have to remember as well those who serve our country, those who are involved in the military. My first guest is Nathan Sather. He's he's involved in the Air National Guard in Fargo. Tell me, Nathan, about the Air National Guard. Oh, it's the best kept secret on planet Earth. Um... I'm not exaggerating. I have had so many experiences from flood duty to just working my regular duties. On flood duty, I had a woman at a gas station just so thankful that we were there. And I won't, I won't bore you with a long story, but by the time we were done, a complete stranger's just squeezing me like I was a stress ball. Um, the, the comfort and relief that we give to people when you're doing those, those flood duty missions, those emergency missions... Uh, we literally get to take care of our own communities, and, and there's so much pride that I have personally. We, we, we call it being a citizen airman. Uh, we're citizens, but yet we're also airmen uh, fighting for our, our state and, and protecting our own people and property. And then just the experiences I've got to have uh, as, as an as a active duty military person. When I say active duty, I mean you know, put in some type of a federal status to support the federal mission that we have uh, and the Air Guard. 
going to conferences with other chaplains and chaplain assistants in Maryland. And uh, I got to go to a, a safety summit in Orlando and just got to meet. There's like 11,000 Air Guardsmen there. I mean, all those experiences are just so incredible. I've been able to teach classes to young airmen uh, and soldiers here in the Army Guard as well about entering into long, safe, healthy relationships. Got interviewed by the TV stations for that. Uh, I can't remember what the Bismarck is, station is now, but they came over and interviewed us, and so got a little TV time to do that. I've just had so many experiences, even even flying in UH-60 helicopters during during flood operations with the Adjutant General. I mean, it's been an absolute great experience, and I'm, people say we should be thankful for our military members, and I, I don't disagree with that, Monsignor, but I, I do think that we need to be honest and clear that the military is a great way for people to live out their vocations, to take care of their families. And I have been far more blessed um, by the opportunities I've had than I think the service I've provided to my own country. So, indeed, it's, your service is a, is a blessing to you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's just like anything else. I mean, if I was owning my own business, I'd have lots of challenges to try to make sure my employees were paid and my customers were happy. I'd have all kinds of stressors in that regard, too, right? Um, so it, it's unique. It's got some unique challenges you wouldn't have to deal with as an entrepreneur. But we, we aren't in some way elevated just because we're military members. We're, we're, if we are to be elevated by society, it should be because, like you said, we exemplify our core values, um, service before self, integrity, and excellence in everything that we do. And if, if we live that and have high character, that's why we should be elevated. We should be mindful to elevate other members of society who also hold those same character values, and make our communities great also. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. We're coming up on 22 minutes past the hour. Nathan Sather is my guest. Nathan, we uh, visited before the break uh, uh, that uh, about how military members, uh, for, for, to summarize, maybe are not the most active in their faith. And um, have you found that maybe a blessing in their service is that they may rediscover that or, uh, or they will revert to what's familiar? And may- maybe, maybe their faith uh, early in their life was familiar to them. So sometimes when, when we go through changes, we, we, lo- we look for what's constant. H- have you found a, a, a lot of military members revert? for lack of a better term, to, to their faith as they kind of reassess their life? Is that a, is that a blessing? Uh, well, it certainly can be, and I would argue that's usually circumstantial. Um, if you're a guard member doing your week, one weekend a month and two weeks a year, probably not. Um, when you're in the sandbox in Iraq and you're having Easter uh, liturgy service by a Presbyterian chaplain on the front of a Humvee, which is what I did, uh, in 2003, uh, you look around left or right, and you, you know that at any moment you could be engaged in a firefight, and your life is literally in the in the hands of the people you're standing around that, that Humvee with on Easter Sunday. It causes you to ask questions you wouldn't normally ask, and, and it certainly is an opportunity uh, for what you've described in that regard. I also think that there's something to the, the job itself with the service and sacrifice. I'm going to butcher the quote, but Fulton Sheen made a comment that next to the priesthood, the most honorable profession is a soldier because it exemplifies all the things that a priest is supposed to be. Service before self, taking care of other people, and thinking of yourself last, and being willing to lay your life on the line, just like uh, you know, Jesus did in, in, the, in the manner in which he you know, gave up his life in his priestly ministry. 
And so I think it does give people an opportunity that don't have a faith background to ask questions, but to live it in an honorable way that kind of can become a path. And I think for people who do find their faith in military service, they often are sometimes called at that time to be a priest. Um, I know I, I had worked with a priest in the Air Guard here for many years. He was a young airman on active duty and realized how important his faith was in the military and realized the, the shortage of priests and said, I want to be a priest and I want to be a military chaplain. So sometimes that can be a, a, a very clear path to a vocational uh, answer for somebody that is discerning what their vocation is. Nathan, I've never been in in an environment of combat. I've never had to uh, look over my shoulder. I, I've never I've never been shot at. I've never been afraid of being shot at or ambushed or in in a in a in a in a combat fight. In a in a what does that do to you psychologically? Oh, geez. Um, well, I'll, I'll be very clear. Um, I definitely did go to combat. I was definitely there for months. Uh, we definitely had mortar attacks on the camp that we were at. Um, but I, I never engaged personally with the enemy. I was, uh, I was what you might call an admin weenie back in the uh, tactical operations center in a tent that wasn't far away, but far away enough that you know, I never actually had to do that. Um, but I did have my vehicle break down in the middle of nowhere in Iraq, and I was out there by myself for quite a while, and you see people milling around. Um, in that moment, you, you think about, my, I thought about my mom and dad a lot. I thought about wanting to make sure that I got home so that my parents wouldn't have to you know, bury a child. I thought about my wife a whole lot. Uh, I certainly wanted to be able to come back for her. And if I felt that way about myself, then I certainly had to feel that same way about the people that I was with, right? Making sure that everyone had their equipment squared away and all those things I kind of mentioned before. And it does cause you to be in a strange brotherhood that you don't really forget. I mean, I could probably name you 25 names just off the top of my head of all those guys from that one experience, but I probably couldn't name 25 guys that I worked with three years ago. There you go. <laughs> you know, it, it, it definitely sears it into your mind. Um, but I'm thankful for the people that you do describe that have been put in those situations. Um, and I certainly don't want to speak for them, but this is where having a, a strong faith is so important, Monsignor. We're sending young men and women who don't have a moral foundation. They don't understand just war theory. They don't understand the consequences of moral injury when you're, when you're in a situation defending your own life and you have to take the life of another person to do that without a moral foundation. People do have serious moral injury from doing that. And so I've, I've tried to be polite about it. But try to be to emphasize that, like we need to train our young airmen in standard you know Aristotelian logic of you know what is good, what is evil so, sometimes we don 't hear it from our own airmen, but you see it on t v well it 's not fair you know there 's these terrorist groups all over the world, uh, and we have so much better technology well that 's not fair you know well would, would it have been fair <laughs> to give Hitler better equipment in in World War II Germany? I mean, it's, it's a nonsensical question when you start being able to apply the reason and logic that we use in our own faith to inform ourselves when we make things like just war uh, doctrine decisions. And so that's one of the things I think going forward is going to become more and more problematic as we have a, a, a culture that's further and further away from Jesus. We're going to expose our military members to more and more cases of moral injury because they don't have a solid 
Christian or Judeo-Christian moral foundation in order to carry themselves through. If I have to take the life of another person, that would be an awful, horrific thing. But if I'm doing it for justice, to protect innocent people from evil, from crime, whatever the case may be, that's a heroic act. That's not a barbaric act. And and we do need to do a good job of of ensuring that we're protecting our, our young people that are coming into military service and not really expecting... Um, what what might come from them because they don't they don't ask the kind of questions that we do as faithful Christians. Uh, Nathan, you've been a great interview. Nathan Sather has been my first guest. You're the leadoff batter, Nathan, and you you're you're certainly on base. Did I strike? So, I'm on. I got, no, I got a nice solid we're on, uh, No, we, no, a double, a du- <laughs> uh, deep, deep deep center, uh, and that that's all we need. And and uh, thanks for getting us on base on this 4th of July show. As we leave and part, what advice, Nathan, would you give someone who might be discerning joining the military? Uh, it's definitely not an easy decision. And, and joining the military in 1998, like I did, Monsignor, is not the same as it was in 2021. We don't live in the same world. And as parents and grandparents, I would encourage people to be very smart um, the North Dakota Air Guard is phenomenal. The North Dakota Army Guard is phenomenal. I have no, no issues whatsoever of my encouraging my own children to join those two organizations. But you start moving beyond that, we are living in a different age. This is not 1945. It's not 1998. Um, but at the same time, I've been blessed tremendously, and I'm very thankful for the opportunity to be able to do what I've done. The military has literally made all of my family and, and personal dreams come true. I, I'm, I can't tell you how blessed I am by it. Nathan, thank you. I, I wish you a, a great 4th of July. What do you have planned? Uh, we're going to spend some time. I haven't seen my aunt since COVID, so we're excited to see some family members, and we'll spend some time with Jesus, and I will read the entire Declaration of Independence and all 56 signers to my kids like I do every year, Monsignor. That's intense. That's well, intense. After the first few kids fall asleep, you're good. <laughs> I, I wish you I, I wish you a good one. the 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 fifty six signers uh, came from thirteen colonies, and um, remember that that uh, second Con- Continental Congress passed the Declaration today, July second. It was adopted on July fourth, and all the best in reading that to your to your children. I, I would say that they're, they're getting a good upbringing. Nathan. We're, well, we're barely above mediocre, Monsignor. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, you're been a great interview. Thank you, Nathan, oh, thank and you. all God the best. You. Yep, you too. Nathan Sather was my first guest on this Real Presence Radio show, kind of my 4th of July show. This is Monsignor Schumacher. Coming up past the break uh, will be Steve Ray. Don't go anywhere. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.